Hello, my lovelies, and thank you for tuning in to another week of Listen Closely. I am your host, Bobby, and guess what? It is finally October. So, happy October, everybody. And because it is finally October, and that means spooky season is in full effect, I wanted to do something just a little bit different for this one. I actually wanted to go over the origins of some of our Halloween traditions that we have all grown to know and love. And you may be asking yourself, why am I doing this? Well, a lot of people may know some of the story of how Halloween came about to what we know it as today, but not everybody knows the full story. It's actually a pretty cool one. So many people do know that Halloween origins actually came from the Celtic people, and they actually celebrated something called Samhain. Samhain was a harvest festival to celebrate the new harvest time and basically begin the new year for them. As we all know, during the winter time, crops do tend to die, and so that was, you know, your fresh start. And because of winter, you know, many people didn't know if they even had food that could last the entire winter. Because as I said, there were no crops really growing during this time, so no crops equals no food, which equals possibly death. And speaking of death, They also believed that the veil between life and death was at its thinnest during this time. So what did they do? Well, they ended up doing these huge parties and had bonfires. The bonfires were made to drive the dead back to the spirit world. So from very early beginnings, spirits, you know, they went hand in hand with Halloween. So it really became just a celebration of life and death, honestly, because, you know, the winter was coming, the crops were dying, but at the same time you had to celebrate your life that, you know, you were still around, you hopefully had enough crops to last you the entire winter and see a brand new spring. Now, the Christian origin came from the Vatican. So the Vatican decided we're trying to get these pagan beliefs and convert them to Christianity. So the Vatican decided that they were going to make an All Saints Day, which is on November 1st, and eventually an All Souls Day, which is on November 2nd. So All Saints Day is for all the saints and martyrs, basically to just celebrate them and for all that they have done for us, while All Souls Day is for everybody else. Because without your ancestors, we would not be here. So they decided, let's just go ahead and have an All Souls Day to celebrate the life of everybody, because everybody needs that. So instead of flat right just getting rid of those pagan beliefs, what they did is they adapted them and adopted them to align with what they were trying to teach. During that time, All Saints Day was also known as Hallowmas, which is where we get All Hallows Eve because it's the evening before Hallowmas, which eventually got shortened into Halloween. So we're just going to fast forward a little bit ahead into America and its upbringings. As we all know, America was a huge melting pot full of immigrants from all around. And of course, all those different immigrants had their various Halloween traditions. Like the Scots actually brought bogies, which are what we now call boogeyman, which are the, you know, the scary thing, you know, watch out for the boogeyman. He's hiding underneath your bed. So that's where we actually got the boogeyman origins was from the Scots. While the Irish brought up playing tricks on each other and also bobbing for apples. And of course, with the huge Salem witch scare, that brought along the origins of what we now know as the witch. And if you know anything about the original Salem witch trials, you know that they were, you know, usually women, but there were some men, but women who were in league with Satan, they were usually either healers or just outcasts of their community or, you know, some eccentric women. And what's really interesting is 
the things that we now associate with witches, such as broomsticks and cauldrons and their hats, actually were not so crazy back in that day. Because, I mean, everybody had a cauldron. You, that's what you used to cook with. Everybody had that. As well as brooms, everybody had just the basic broom to clean their houses and things like that. And the witch's hat actually came from, you know, the hats of the women back in that day. So it's really interesting how we've kind of morphed everything into what we now know as witches. So what happened to Halloween? Well, it started to become a sort of troublemaker holiday. And it was quickly because, you know, again, the Irish brought their playing tricks on each other thing. So what happened was it started to become a little bit too crazy. They would do different pranks around their community. And when I say they, I mean, it was mainly younger boys that did these pranks. But I mean, I'm sure it wasn't exclusively boys. That's just what history has taught us is that it was a majority of males that did these and it was younger men. But as I'm sure there were some females I honestly would have if I was back in that time. I probably would have played some tricks as well. So how did the communities basically try to stop these tricksters? Well, in all honesty, they would try to buy them off, which is where we actually get trick-or-treating. The households would make, you know, homemade popcorn balls and little cakes and things like that to basically say, hey, if you spare my house and my property and all my belongings, here you go, I will give you this treat. And so that's actually what started to happen. So these now troublemakers kind of got smart and they would go trick-or-treating, which they didn't actually use that term just yet, but they would go to house and house and basically say, hey, either give me something or I'm going to have to, you know, play a trick on you. Like there's, there's no way around that. Of course, this definitely slowed down the trickery. But it didn't fully get rid of it because kids will be kids. We all know this. They like to run around and play and, you know, play tricks on each other. And it got so bad that they were, you know, starting to cause a lot of problems within the communities. So the community had to get together and figure out, okay, we really need to rebrand this. Obviously, this Halloween thing is not going away. So we need to figure out something to do to make it to where our property is not getting damaged. So the different schools and police departments and just, you know, basically the community leaders got together and they started to change what Halloween would be. So instead of playing tricks on one another and, you know, forcing people to give you treats, which by the way, they would wear masks to, you know, disguise themselves in that time. And a lot of beggars also used this to hide their identities and they were able to, you know, if you didn't give me anything as a beggar, then I would then go and destroy your stuff and I would feel no regret and just go to the next house. Which trick-or-treating also had a religious aspect to it. So during the, you know, the whole religious time of it, they would give out soul cakes. And so what people would do is the beggars would go and say, hey, I will offer your loved ones prayers and I'll give them prayers if you give me food. So that's actually what they did, and that was their, you know, original version, I guess, of trick-or-treating. Again, it was not called trick-or-treating at that time. It was just an offering. Like, I offer you my prayers for your loved ones in exchange for some food. But anyways, back to these communities. So what they decided is, hey, instead of having all these little kids, you know, pranking us and just destroying our community... Let's change it from pranks to parties and parades and make it more of a community thing. And what actually started to happen was there is these books that would come out called bogey books. And they would basically be a 
how to change it from the trickery to what we now have it, which is the celebrations. And those books were actually kind of the first ones to really say, hey, let's change Halloween. Let's make it to what we now know it as today. And let's stop the madness, basically. And let's just make it, let's make it fun. Let's make it, you know, family friendly. So that way it saves us, honestly, money and property damage and just a whole lot of stuff. And that's where we started to get the, you know, the commercialization of it because, you know, companies were like, hey, let's start making costumes. Because at the time before they did any of this, that, you know, they they realized that they could make money off of Halloween. They were just doing, you know, homemade costumes and homemade masks. But companies finally started to realize, hey, we can actually make this more profitable for us as well as making it a little bit better on our community, you know, if the kids are busy buying costumes and trick-or-treating for actual sweets like candies, like the oh-so-amazing Hershey's bar that was really popular, still popular, you know, it, it would change it. So that's where we start to see the paper masks and costumes. Unfortunately, as, you know, they're being the first ones, paper was very flammable And so they were not able to really have these with the bonfires that they were having at the time, as well as different events. So they had to say, you know what, we need something a little bit better. And that's when people like Sears and other places came in and were like, okay, we need a little bit better costumes. And that's where we started to get the more plastic masks and a little bit better costumes as far as durability. Now, these early costumes were very generic costumes. They were of witches and ghouls and ghosts and, you know, very just generic things. And the thought behind that was if we dress as, you know, those monsters, they can't get us. The spirits will leave us alone because they will not see just regular people. They will see, you know, their kinfolk, honestly. So that was the whole thought process is monsters can't get us if we are the monsters ourselves. And what's really interesting is everybody knows, you know, and it's kind of funny nowadays, but everybody knows the ghost, you know, like the very, you know, you weren't at a time, you're a very last minute Halloween costume person. I do that every year. I wait till like literally the last week of before Halloween. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten a costume yet. I need to go grab one. Well, you know, DIY tells us just grab a white sheet cut some holes, and boom, you're now a ghost. I never actually got to thinking about where the origin of, you know, the sheet ghost came from. And then it wasn't until I started researching and I was like, that makes perfect sense. So the ghost sheet actually comes from back in the day when they would put a body at rest. And it can even go back, honestly, you can look it up in the Bible. They, or, you know, even Egypt, honestly, they would wrap the bodies in shrouds to then bury the body. So it was those shrouds or cloths that we get the ghosts from. Because, you know, people think if you're coming back from the dead, you're going to be having what you had on last, which would be those shrouds. Which, I don't know, I just thought that was super interesting. Like, I mean, I I probably could have thought about that and been like, yeah, that makes sense. But I honestly haven't thought about that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, on the things that we're learning on... Halloween. And like speaking of things we're learning, jack-o'-lanterns. We all know that jack-o'-lanterns are to ward off those spirits from your home and things like that. But I also didn't put two and two together 
that those jack-o'-lanterns are basically the smaller version of those bonfires, which were to drive the dead back to the spirit world, which is what the Celtics did. And again, the faces on the jack-o'-lanterns were basically the same as us wearing masks. You know, that the face would be so kind of scary almost that it would frighten the spirits and push them back to the spirit world. Because again, it is at this time that the spirit world and the living world, that veil is at its thinnest. Which means, you know, spirits can walk among us. And actually, the jack-o'-lantern, like, origin story is a story all on its own and i'll actually have to post a link on that one because it is actually really cool and it actually did not start with pumpkins it started with turnips we just changed it to pumpkins because pumpkins were usually in harvest during this time of the season and that's how it became pumpkins but going back to you know halloween and changing it so the communities got back together they started to change it And the kids were like, okay, we're starting to buy this. I mean, hey, I'm getting free candy and I get to dress up and basically be somebody that I'm not. You know, it's giving me that confidence to be somebody that I can be, you know, that I'm not normally. And so it actually did become, you know, it just started to do that transformation from the trickery now more into the treats. And it actually stayed, you know, more kid friendly for a very long time. Until, you know, the adults started to get basically nostalgic. And it wasn't until this small little movie by John Carpenter came out that we really got to see that, hey, Halloween is not just a friendly kid thing. Like, it can actually be kind of a scary adult thing, too. And it was that Halloween movie that was honestly the first Halloween movie, if you understand what I'm saying. Like, it's not just, you know the first Halloween movie of the series, like the movie series, like it was the first movie to make Halloween, you know, the more scary, spooky thing. And the mask is what really brought it together. So if you don't know the story about the mask, you know, they were running low on funds for the budget of this movie. And so they're like, you know what, let's just go to the thrift shop or the magic shop, grab a mask and, you know, like we'll we'll just work with it. So what they ended up doing is, you know, they went to that shop They found a mask that was supposed to be a William Shatner, you know, Captain Kirk mask, but it was totally not like, you know, his face. It was actually, you know, very elongated and just like, it looked basically like a cheap one. Like, you know, how you get like the real thing and you get like a cheap version of it. That's basically what it was. It was like, you know, a knockoff version of it, or as we all would call it, a wish version of the mask. So anyways, they brought it back to the set. They said, you know what? This can work. Let's repaint it and let's make it happen. And that's exactly what they did. And that movie was one of the first ones to actually show us like, hey, humans can be just as scary as all those ghosts and goblins and witches and stuff like that. You know, like actual human beings can be just as bad. So again, Halloween starts to get another transformation into instead of the more kid, wholesome, family friendly thing into this more creepy, scary spooky side you know the the part that I love about it and again the the adults at the time were pretty nostalgic they remember dressing up when they were kids but now when you're older you can't really do anything well now you can like they started to start making adult parties and haunted houses and you know different things for adults to now do and it's really become I'd say about 50 50 but I do think it is leaning more towards the adult kind of version or maybe that's just because that's where I'm at right now 
You know, we currently have no kids, so we're just living it up in the adult version of Halloween right now. You know, we're able to do, you know, the haunted houses and the adult Halloween parties and things like that. And it's really cool for adults because, you know, being adults, we all know you basically, you go to work, you go home, you provide for your family. You know, there's not real, I mean, you have fun. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of things you can do to have fun. But Halloween is that one time that you get to basically do a self-transformation. You get to be somebody that you would never be any other 364 or 65 if it's a leap year day of the year. You know, like that is your one day to be somebody completely different. You know, women who are not normally confident can now walk out on the streets or in the parties or where have you. And, you know, these more, you know, skimpy, adultery costumes that they would never be caught dead in or men who normally have you know a button down with a tie and you know have to be very professional can kind of let loose and just have a little fun and you know bring out that kid in all of us like I said the haunted houses basically give us a little just a little frightening uh you know I've talked about the halls of horror many times and you know it just gives us that little jolt of you know excitement and it kind of brings back that you know, thin veil between life and death. Your heart starts to pump and, you know, you're, you really feel alive when you get scared. And it just, it really becomes a full circle kind of a thing. And again, if you do have kids, you know, you're able to dress up and go trick-or-treating with your kids and, you know, just have that fun family adventures. You know, you you get to reminisce and relive your childhood by going door-to-door with your children and then just seeing them light up when they get the candy. And that's the one day that they get to basically be who they want and pig out on some candy. I mean, I still like to do it. I might go shopping, you know, on the clearance, you know, day after Halloween for some candy. It's just an all-around amazing thing. And I know, you know, Halloween tends to get this bad rap of, you know, just being this horrible, satanic holiday. But, you know, the church itself has tried to reshape that. Communities, you know, had to reshape it because it was once a holiday for tricksters and pranks and vandalism And the communities came together and said, you know what? No, we're done with this. We want it to be something wholesome, family friendly. So it's really like just done a 180 from one scale to the other. You know, it still has that bad stigma because, you know, nobody likes to talk about death. Like death itself is a very scary thing. And, you know, a lot of people still have that fear growing up that, you know, no, nobody wants to die. I mean, that's just one of the very basic first human things is nobody wants to die. But Halloween it allows us to not really flirt with death, but, you know, it allows us to accept it and to celebrate the life that we are living. And, you know, if you know anything about the Hispanic culture, Dia de los Muertos, it celebrates the life of your ancestors, which is a very beautiful thing. And I am so happy that we get to do that instead of people just think, oh, it's a bad thing. No, we are celebrating the life of our ancestors and remembering who we came from and honoring our loved ones. And it's just a really beautiful holiday. But that just, you know, that stems more from the Vatican and the Catholicism as well as the pagan uh, beginnings. Like it all just kind of merges us into this beautiful holiday. But anyways, that's just, you know, I just wanted to real quickly, you know, it's the very first weekend of October and I wanted to share the origins of Halloween. A lot of people know some of it, but they don't know everything. So it's just kind of a cool thing, a little 
dark history, forgotten history kind of thing to just kind of do a refresher of why we celebrate Halloween. It is not something demonic or satanic or anything like the sorts. You know, communities have tried throughout history to rebrand it. The religion has, you know, tried to rebrand it and make it into something else. You know, something that everybody can enjoy. And speaking of enjoying October and Halloween, I have got to talk about Halls of Horror, the best haunt in Southeast Texas. Like I said, my husband has been helping Jason make it the absolute very best. Jason has put in a ton of work to make it, you know, a complete 100% redesign and they've incorporated an escape room this year inside the halls and you can kind of buy tickets. So you can buy tickets for just the halls of horror itself, which is basically the $15. You know, you just go through the attraction and that's it. Or you can get the special treatment tickets, which gives you access to the escape room, which, I mean, they have put in a lot of work into this. I myself have not seen the finished product, but I know it is going to be absolutely amazing. Just hearing about the concepts, you know, at the early stages, and I know they've changed it since then, but even the early concepts, I was super excited for it. And the best news is it is opening the day that this show airs. So October 2nd, 2021 is the very first opening of the Halls of Horror for the 2021 season. It is going to be amazing. The times are, I believe, 7 to 11.30 or something like that. I'm not entirely too sure. But again, it's an amazing thing and definitely one that you don't want to miss out on. Again, you can get just the Halls of Horror attraction where you just go through the main Halls of Horror. Or you can get that special treatment where you get access to that escape room. I mean, it's really your choice, but for $5 more, why not just get the escape room? But to get the escape room, you do have to sign up online for your time slot. You can go to thehallsofhorror.com or look them up on Facebook. It's The Halls of Horror. It is located in Silsby, Texas in downtown next to my husband's studio. I mean, not immediately next to, but close enough. We're practically neighbors. And if you are listening to this podcast before, you know, opening time, which is seven o'clock, I may or may not just go live and give out some free tickets. So this is your warning of, hey, you need to listen to this before you go to the Halls of Horror, because something in this episode might just be the answer to the question I'm going to ask for those free tickets. But I will be hanging out there, you know, greeting some people, shaking hands, warning you about what you're about to witness, you know, just kind of hanging out. It's opening night and Jason deserves so much support and we just need to go out there, show him a ton of support, show him his hard work did pay off because it is amazing. If you do go, definitely say that Listen Closely sent you. And again, if you're already going to go, go ahead and just spring for the extra. Go to thehallsofhorror.com and get that special treatment. Get that escape room. It is amazing. I can't give any details away about the actual halls, but all I can tell you is listen closely. 